0: Hey there, this is the Glance Recruiting with Data podcast. I'm Chris Comrie. Um, Wanted to share a couple thoughts about my conversation today with Deanne Smith. She's the Assistant Director um, in Employer Development and Relations with Appalachian State University. Uh, We also chatted with David Meberg. He's the Regional Director of Development at Appalachian State University as well. It's actually my alma mater, so it was quite an enjoyable conversation. Um, We took a quick trip down memory lane where Glance got its humble beginnings, then we talked about how to use Facebook to attract students to the insurance industry, and how these same principles can be used to attract students from many different majors um, to really any industry and to your company. We touched on how career services can help educate students about different jobs that they might even know were available or different career paths that they hadn't thought of. And then lastly, we talked about what to look for in a sales job and that more than anything, education should be your highest priority when looking for a job. Uh, This is a new podcast, so I'd really appreciate your feedback if you like it. Give it a like and a share. If you don't, um, message me and let me know why, what we can do to improve. I'm definitely open to suggestions. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks.
1: And how did we get you to Appalachian? How were we fortunate?
0: yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Um, so I, so I guess like the complete truth is I didn't have great grades in high school. Uh-huh. Um, I was smart. I just didn't really care that much about <laughs> school. <laughs> I was. I played travel ice hockey, um, ah. and so that was kind of my, my whole life and biggest priority. Um, so Appalachian was. I mean, I loved the campus. It was really the only place I got in in state. Um, and then I went up and visited and I was like, oh my god, this place is incredible
1: oh,
0: cool. so it was I mean, it. I was actually talking to uh, one of my so my other business partner, Cameron he actually went to Appalachian as well and we were talking about this a couple of days ago and you know, we were just talking about the different schools and some of our peers that went to Carolina or NC State or Wake Forest and I was thinking back I was like, I don't think I would be where I am today had I not gone to App you know, mm-hmm. it's the It's just, like, you just, and I don't know how long it'll last, but you have a very different breed of person that's willing to go spend four years out in the wilderness, right? (laughs) And it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Um, So it's just, it's really interesting looking back. I think a
1: lot of students there don't even realize that that's the advantage to being there. Mm. I know I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. I I did not embrace the outdoors as I should have. Yeah. Um, And that's a, I mean, my biggest regret is I never took skiing as a P.E. (laughs) <laughs> because I never got good at it. Yeah. But um, you know, diverse, and I think what you're saying is, what is in the mission statement of the university is mm-hmm. to provide the transformational educational experience, mm-hmm. and that that mission statement was probably in development as that stated while you were a student there. Yeah. I remember years ago when I worked in admissions, people would say, "Why should, why should we come back? Why should we send our daughter? And I didn't say it quite as well, but that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So people leave changed,
0: mm-hmm. I agree. and they
1: and they can usually truly attribute it back to the university playing such a big key. And um, I try to, when I talk with employers, talk about how highly engaged of a student body we have. You basically have the university and the and the out and the scenery that attracts mm-hmm. people, but students are very drawn in to the activities and involvement opportunities on campus. And I think that's what helps transform students on campus. So, um, and so business major.
0: Yep. I, I majored in risk management insurance. Um, took a lot of finance classes as well, uh-huh, just right. cause I was really interested in it. Right. Um, and now I don't do any risk management or insurance. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, what what, what so. attracted you to that major?
0: Um couple things. Um, probably the opportunity. So just mm-hmm. the the huge upside um, financially. And mm-hmm. um, I met a couple people when I was probably a sophomore in the College of Business. Um, started hearing about insurance. I was like, no, that sounds like it sucks. I don't want to <laughs> do insurance. Every person I know in insurance, I hate. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that. Um, and then I... I talked to a couple people in the College of Business. Um, Dr. Marlette played mm-hmm. a huge, huge role in that. Yeah. Um, I went to Liberty Mutual's leadership forum yeah. when I was a sophomore, so they'd, I was like, all right, there's something here, if they're willing to fly me up to <laughs> Boston and stick me in a hotel for a weekend. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: wow. I don't, Do you know about that? No, I don't. So, I don't know if they're still doing it, but Liberty yeah, Mutual like. um, picks, I don't know, like 50 kids or something across the country every year and basically does a three or four day, like here's a crash course in an insurance, here's our company, here's what we do. Um, basically just attract people yeah.
1: to the yeah. industry. And I think it's a
0: great idea and educate. Yeah.
1: Which is how I sort of rediscovered him on LinkedIn was he was posting, even though you're not in the industry, he uh-huh. took this time yeah. to write this amazing article about attracting millennials to insurance. Mm-hmm. And the travel opportunities are attractive for sure. Um, so, just want to mention that. Yeah. And you posted subsequently.
0: Yeah, I, I posted another one, and I yeah. thought about writing another one too. We'll see if I have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of a lot of people reached out to me, or like, "Hey, I read it, and that like that's awesome done. to hear." I was like, "Oh, yeah. I, I didn't expect that." Yeah, absolutely. So.
1: What motivated you to write it? Since you're not really
0: um, so for work, we help companies attract the best people. Um, so we do that using software and um, just kind of boots on the ground approach.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's what, I, I guess, probably giving you context would be better. Um, so yes. we, so I graduated in 2016 mm-hmm. um, and moved back to Raleigh. Before I went to school, I said, there's no way now I'm going back to Raleigh. <laughs> right? I, Raleigh's a great place if I grew up here. I don't want to come back. Yeah. Um, and then, so Citrix yeah. and Red Hat yeah. have um, come together every year. And basically, give companies grant money to get up and rolling. Um, and they only do this for a few companies every year, and they have hundreds of applicants. Um, and, and so we were one of the people that got super lucky, and they gave us money to get up and rolling and started. Um, wow. So that's what dr- brought us back to Raleigh. Citrix okay. and Red Hat. Citrix and who and is Red Hat. Cameron? And
1: he's welcome to join us if he wants to. I don't think yeah, I, I think they he had, he had, had something partner. else to do. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so Cameron's a business partner. He What's his last name? Kales. K A L E S. Where does it go? Yeah, so we got. They gave us the money. Um,
1: how did you How did you dream up this idea? You moved home with no plans. Well, no,
0: or I didn't. I didn't move I home. Didn't even to, um, to, um, yeah, we we had money. it locked up before before we left Boone. Okay. Yeah, so that's why we came here in the first place. Um, and then the reason we got connected to them was because we got. Um, selected for this program called Think House Mm -hmm. and what's really cool and I can send you guys notes on all this stuff and links if you're interested Um, they take six or eight recent grads every year um, put them all in a house and help them launch businesses so not only did did we get some funding but then we were in a house with really good connections Um, and it's the same guys that own this that own the house so there's a house three quarters of a mile that way that um, we lived in for ten months and they help you get up and going and connect you to some people Wow. So that's that's how we got back to Raleigh. How
1: did you find it? Were you connected to Twitter. the entrepreneurship?
0: No. We just found on, I found it on Twitter one day. Wow. Or Cameron found it and then we applied and did an interview and we got in and we were like, All right, let's do it. And what did your what did your professors at Appalachian think about all this? <laughs> Um, some were supportive. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't talk to a ton of them about about it. I, I think it was kind of funny. There was always. I, so I was very involved in the insurance program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my junior year, I had what was called the Napslow internship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest and baddest internships. So I basically had a like kind of a free ride to any job I wanted. Wow. Which was really cool. But at the same time. I was like, you know what, I've got this other opportunity and I've, I've always wanted to run my own company. And that's, mm-hmm. I knew I was gonna do that eventually. And it just made sense to do it now. Sure. So, I mean, we, we moved to Raleigh and before we got the money from Citrix and Red Hat, we were in the house and we didn't really know how to pay rent and we were, it was so funny. We would, we would go Saturday morning, we'd go drive around to all the yard sales and buy stuff and flip it on eBay to pay rent in the beginning before we got money from citrix and red hat Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it was oh. very very interesting times yeah. and, I, and here i'm watching all my friends like get fancy cars and like they're always going out to eat and <laughs> doing all this fun stuff and i'm like man did i do the right thing but i mean i'm, I'm very happy with what's turned out so far
1: all yeah. right tell us more
0: yeah yep so so we did that and through that we got connected with some companies, um, and and so right now we're we're helping one company and we've basically rebuilt their entire recruiting process. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool about that company is they exist because there's not enough good salespeople in the Raleigh area. Mm-hmm. Um, so companies what, like what Citra- company is that? Uh, it's called RevGen. Okay, um, is the one we're helping, but. Oh, okay. But companies like Citrix um, and like Pendo and all these tech companies that have really big sales forces basically go to RevGen, RevGen trains people, gets them make sure they're good at sales, and then moves them on to the partner companies. So, I mean, we were doing something like 20 hires a month, so they needed a, a very streamlined process and they needed to attract really good people. So that's where we helped them. Yeah. Um, because what we're good at is knowing what people our age that are going into entry-level sales care about in a job.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So we did a whole bunch of things. Um, We basically automated their whole process. So an application comes in, they get automatically sent a questionnaire, they fill out the questionnaire. If somebody reads their answers and likes them, then they get an automated phone interview invitation. They do the phone interview, if they pass that, they get an automated calendar invite to come in for in-person, so it's bang, 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 very streamlined. Um but then so that's cool and all, but like if no one applies it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um so then we kinda had to go on on the offense and and really put out a whole bunch of content via social media primarily has been the biggest source mm-hmm. of improvement. Um and that that takes up over half the candidates now. 40, 40 something percent around half. Um and that's been a huge effort. So they do um, weekly live guest speakers. Um, so they bring in some sales leader from some company around here, um, and they give their spiel. They give their background, how they got into sales, and then some tips on how to be a better salesperson. Um, but it really works out both ways, right? Because that the sales leader that comes in, they're also recruiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it, it, it works good for the peep for the employees because they get to meet. Their mm-hmm. potential employer, um, mm-hmm. and also good for the employer because they get to work on their branding and get their name out and, and give back to so
2: RevGen
1: is sort of like a middleman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you're helping RevGen, yeah, develop yeah. the pipeline yeah. and the process. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So that's what we. So that's what we do. We don't do any sales training or anything. We just help. It just happened that RevGen was the one that we're working with right now. Okay.
1: Okay.
2: How did you figure this process out?
0: Just kind of made it up. Yeah, so <laughs> and then it worked. Take us, take
1: us back to Boone and the conversation and how you and Cameron developed. And it's Glance AI?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Glance.ai is our our website. Okay. Um, so when we were seniors, so so what Glance is today is not what it was. Okay. Anything near what it was earlier. I can so believe we, it. We kind of had this harebrained idea that we were going to... Um, basically, help employers find students by making video interviews and putting them online for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that didn't.
1: I think I've heard about this. Yeah.
0: That didn't really work out. Um, and then we worked on a couple different things and just through transitions and pivots, it just eventually became what it is today. Hmm. It's amazing.
1: And so, who do you think is next? So, you're going to be looking for more. Yeah. Companies to help develop, assess their process, mm-hmm. their application process, introductory process, yes. pipeline process, and exactly. then to develop a pipeline of sales talent.
0: Not necessarily sales. No, that that was just the one that okay, that's we exactly. happened upon. Okay. Yeah. So our our sweet spot um, is companies around fifty employees who are starting to grow. And haven't quite built out a full recruiting arm. So, yeah. the, mm-hmm. mature companies have a full recruiting arm, and that's not where we, where we help. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we help for the companies that are growing and, and don't necessarily know what to do or where to place their efforts. And because they're so strained on, on people already, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. So, we, our, our pitch to the CEOs is I mean, how much, like, what is that worth if your people just have to worry about figuring out who to hire? Not actually bringing people in right um, and if they see that then
2: we have success and if they don't okay. then we don't. Very so cool. make, making a choice on a select group of strong candidates is that what
0: exactly so we, we bring in the, the best that we can um, and based on what we've done with RevGen is pretty good I mean we we doubled their applicants um, we We raised their female hire ratio to 42%, which in tech sales is outstanding. Yeah, it is. Right? Industry average is like 25 or something. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we doubled the retention. So tech sales has a really high washout rate, Mm -hmm. um, and we doubled that. So, I mean, through a lot of trial and error, we kind of figured out what started to work, um, and the results were pretty good, so... We're excited. I That's think it's great. Neat. It's yeah. really
1: exciting. So in my work, um, with employer relations, we do get a lot of employers coming to us and they want to hire college grads mm-hmm. to develop them as sales talent. Um, and for years I felt like there had been some aversion to sales. What is, so what do you think has been key in turning heads? Um, Do you yeah. think the people that you've brought to RevGen knew, I want to go into sales, or you educated them?
0: Did you yeah. educate
1: them to then convert them to candidates?
0: Yeah, so so when we when we're helping a company, what we found is the number one way to attract people is to educate them. So, I mean, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like, we... I, I, I write about it in almost all my articles. So like, you've just got to educate your people and there's a lot of benefits to educating them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they put out Revgen, we helped them put out weekly sales trainings um, and then we actually developed a sales course on YouTube. Um, and we put everything on Facebook, but it's all about educating the people. So, so tech sales is hard, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like the entry level jobs are not particularly fun, right? But a lot usually of people- Usually inside. Yeah, yeah, they're usually inside. Um, but the people take them so that in 6, 12, 18, 24 months they can move on and be kind of an account executive and then eventually a sales manager. Right. And that's how all the sales, I'm sure you know this, that's how all the sales managers started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so um, by educating people, like, here's what it's actually like to be in here. People, Some people enjoy that. I mean, some people like the the thrill of getting on the phone and seeing if they can make a sale, um, but I I think that, that the principle of education can be extended to anything, and that was mm. part of the reason why I wrote the insurance one, yeah. um, and actually from a macro level, part of the the reason why I didn't pursue a career in insurance was I didn't feel like there was enough education out there. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I, I remember when I was a, a sophomore and a junior, and I was sitting in my apartment, and i just thirsting for more information like trying to learn more and I struggled and i scoured everything huh um, and I found a couple blogs I know Willis one of the big insurance mm. companies they they had a good blog but if if you look at software or sales or any of these un- other industries there's YouTube stars and Facebook stars and Instagram and they're all putting out their educational content mm. You know, and it, and from a selfish perspective, they're growing their brand and they're probably getting some inbound leads from it. But at the end of the day, they're educating people. Right. So that right. was my kind of my call to insurance because the insurance that I worked on, the, the crazy stuff, right? Like the Nicki Minaj butts and <laughs> Troy Palomaro hairs. It's and,
1: excess and surplus lines. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Like I still think that stuff's fascinating. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is a sexier part of uh-huh. insurance, for sure.
0: And I and I think a lot of people would do that too if they knew about it. huh. I can't tell you the number of friends that I I would talk to about my experiences and they're like, oh my gosh, you got to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was incredible. And now, I mean, I got super lucky, and you can't. I wrote about this too, like the so the Napslo internship they pick, twelve or fifteen. It varies every year. Um, and send them to different parts of the country Mm -hmm. and of course you can't do that with everyone right just cost too much yeah Yeah. but what you can do is educate everyone so there's i mean there's a lot of really smart really caring people that i met in the industry Mm -hmm. that could easily just sit there and their next talk recorded stick it on facebook live um so that's a, that's an idea you guys can take back to App immediately. Yeah. So the next guest speaker you have, just set up your phone. Yeah. On a tripod. Yeah. And Facebook Live it, and and my guess, and from what I've seen, is it'll probably catch on pretty quickly.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um. Wow. And it, and it'll help your students. It'll grow the Appalachian brand. hmm. And it'll help all these employers that are trying to hire people because the people the ed- students will be more
1: educated. hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can. You can. What would you say the, the, the ROI is? If it's a 30-minute presentation, but if it's on live, you get
0: it's incredible, 200 right? like, views? Oh, I mean, easily, right? There's, what, yeah. two or 300 kids in the department times yeah. every year? And the thing is, it doesn't go away. Yeah. So if it's a good talk, everyone's going to look at it. And mm-hmm. then whoever, if that person's from, like, Markel or somebody, some big company, they're going to share it with all their friends. And then the way it just permeates is incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. We did, we did one sales training um, and the first couple were like 50 people would watch it and then 100 and then bam, one popped and it hit 2,000 out of the blue and I was like, oh my gosh. And then people were reaching out like, hey, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. And, but I just, I just remembered being back in school and like, like I'm trying to learn more. So, Yeah. yeah, yeah, And, and more relevant stuff, right? Like, schools do an awesome job giving you, the, like, the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's... I was so hungry for, like, industry, like, what's going on right now? Like, right. what are the trends? And I, I really struggled to find that.
2: Yeah. Well, it's hard for... My per- perception is really hard as a young adult to know what in the world is going on out there. Absolutely. You know, my, my own example... Uh, again, exercise science is my field of study my dad was a theologian, my mom was a nurse I had zero idea what was going on in the business world Yeah. I had you know, mm-hmm. I told Dan this yesterday my perception of sales when some of my business friends mentioned that's what they wanted to do when they got out <laughs> was somebody standing at the cash register at J.C. Yeah. I was like, why would you want to do that? And now after having, you know, made that transition from health promotion into the medical device industry in sales and staying there for 30 years, I'm just, I'm astonished at the opportunities and the different arenas that are available and helping to find a way to share that information with our students and other young adults would just be absolutely uh, a great service.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would just say like the easiest place to start is, I mean, get, go in the College of Business Facebook page or whatever department and every guest speaker that comes in, I mean you can even go buy another iPhone for 700 bucks, who cares, right, <laughs> yeah. and it can just be the live streaming phone.
2: Right, right. Um,
0: I know the RMI department had guest speakers all the time I know mm-hmm. marketing had guest speakers all the time.
2: Yep. I mean yep. there's
0: there's so much out there and they do a great job of getting the people in. Yeah. you just gotta
1: spread the but message but it's to that audience yeah. mm-hmm. it's to that captive audience yeah Yeah, I agree I agree mm-hmm. I'd like to see us do more video education mm-hmm. I
0: think and it and a lot of a lot of the companies that we've talked to get caught up on well I don't want to put out a video that's not perfect right because they think it can hurt their brand but it's it's actually the opposite yep um, I mean people my age and I mean, people in general understand that this isn't a production film. Mm -hmm. It's just a lecture. Um, Some of the biggest lectures I've seen on YouTube are just some guy was at a conference and just popped his phone up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that, I mean, people will judge you on the material. Yeah. They're they're not going to judge you on the lighting quality or the Uh audio quality. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but you're right. I mean, if somebody's wanting to learn more and get educated a little more, then, then it's there. Then you get that. Without the the lights and yeah all that that's yeah. neat that's a that's an interesting observation mm-hmm. and so where do you think glance is going?
0: Where do I think we're going? Well, and it's, so do
1: you have to remain committed just to RevGen only right now? No, no no, no,
0: no, no, no. They're just they're just one of our clients, and we're talking to a couple others right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as long as companies still don't understand these things. that I'm trying to tell (laughs) everyone we've got business so
1: (laughs) um back to being relevant to Appalachian 2 then based on what you've learned Uh um about sales be it tech or non-tech sales what is your pitch to students to consider it
0: to consider sales Mm -hmm. tech sales specifically
1: um or non Um, sales in general
0: so So I would say if if you're considering a career in sales, I think your number one priority should be education. Uh There's I think sales originally got a bad rep, um, and a little bit for insurance too because there were so many positions and the training wasn't good. If you hire someone and just give them a tell them go find your own business, they're screwed. Right. Right. Like that's not how you develop people right and I mean I just kind of think from a moral perspective that's just wrong um, so I would say if there's considering a career in sales figure out your training should be the number one thing it's not your base pay because if you get trained well in three years you're gonna do way better financially anyways yeah. you're gonna be happy mm-hmm. which is probably even more important than making big bucks in sales um, but I would, I would consider a, a role in tech sales. Um, I've heard very good things about medical sales as well. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I can't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll say a lot of the tech companies in Raleigh have top tier sales training programs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if, if sales is what you want, and, and it's interesting, but if, if, if they
1: don't know, it's what they want. If they don't know, it's what. I, I think it goes back to that, that statement about aversion. I think a lot of students do have negative perceptions of the field in general. So, what would you say about the field of sales in general to a 20 to 23-year-old 20 who is unsure? Yeah. What they want to do? How do they?
0: I I've, I've seen it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's so many sales videos out there you can learn exactly what to do, you can learn exactly what it's gonna feel like, mm-hmm. right? If if you don't like getting cussed out on the phone or like getting hung up, and if when you get a sale, and it's not fun enough for you, then absolutely do not go into sales, uh-huh, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I think sales is cool because there's so much out there that they can discover what it's like already, um, and even come in, come in trained a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that we were trying to do is, um, train people before they even get there. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. if, if you're an employer, it just makes such incredible financial sense to train your employees before they even get to your job. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're going to cut down the onboarding time, which is incredibly costly. Yeah. You're going to cut down um, your washout rate, which mm-hmm. is also incredibly costly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to build your brand and just like genuinely help people.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 That yeah. Makes too much sense. Yeah. <laughs> What other arenas outside of sales do you, do you think might be your next focus? Yeah, so,
0: so it just depends on the company again. Um, so our sweet spot is like 50 people and growing. So most of the people, most of the companies that fit that profile um, today are tech companies. Yeah. Um, so it kind of works out well that we started in tech yeah. sales mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we can just continue that. Yeah. And if you're at 50 people and growing, you either need developers or you need salespeople. Um, and mm-hmm. given that I taught myself how to code, um, I can talk to developers and help them build a plan to attract developers. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so that's... Awesome. Sad. So a lot, of, a lot of it's centered around the tech industry. Mm-hmm. So what what of other misery. industries are there in the world today <laughs> besides tech industry? you know? <laughs> Yeah, well
0: I mean uh, I mean is huge in medicine, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of I, what is what was it? Pfizer just dumped a hundred million dollars or committed a hundred million dollars to their plant in Sanford.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean that's huge. There's a million companies in RTP that do Big Pharma. Big pharma, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Well, obviously, sure. uh, I say say that jokingly, but every every industry is being driven by technological advances. So Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, and then you still have to say it with your sales folks. Um, well this is really intriguing. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. excited for you. It's so interesting to see how it morphed. Oh it's um, and you're plugging away and do you feel like you get support from your coworkers here?
0: Um, um yeah, if definitely. You ever, if you're beating the...
1: your head, you know, against the wall or you're like, <laughs> dude, can you help me?
0: Yeah, it's been really interesting with with the, with the Citrax, Citrix and Red Hat, um, they call it the innovators program. Okay. Um, that network has been incredible. Um, so I've been able to build out some mentors and some people that I can lean on. And mm-hmm. like, hey, I mean, cause I'm 22 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm running around doing my best and I, I have a lot of good insights that a lot of companies don't. But mm-hmm. being able to lean on people and, um, for example, I meet with Todd, who is the CEO of Pendo. Okay. And he, when he was 22, he started a, a software company and he sold it a few years later, and this is his second or third company he's had. So being able to reach out to people like him, um, and I've had many conversations with Jess Lipson. He started Chairfile and sold it to Citrix. Um, just those, being connected to those people has been yeah. pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Is it, is it fairly expensive? utilize the space down here
0: yeah it's definitely it's definitely not cheap we we got it for free because we were part of the program yeah um, so that was nice
1: from think house or from the innovators
0: um innovators Innovator program yeah okay well actually both I guess um, think house gave you time while you lived there and we moved out and so innovators bought us another year
1: okay So. awesome yeah and then what See you in a year. You got a year. <laughs> Did you just move in?
0: Uh, nice yeah, space. we just moved to a new apartment up the street. Mm-hmm.
1: But into this space?
0: Oh, no, we've been here for coming up on a year.
1: Okay. So you've got another year here? Yeah. Of paid space? Yep. Okay.
0: Which is nice. And the city of Raleigh actually technically paid for that. So that was pretty cool.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's great. You've done a great job of finding opportunities. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna take some of this back. Yeah, please do. Um, I, I just think your perspective on connecting with students when they're on campus I thought would be really valuable. Getting back to the insurance question, there are multiple insurance companies who say we will hire all majors. But I've been trying. The challenge has been, well, how do we educate them? How do we yeah. find them? There's not. There are not the relevant organizations. Um, outside of, of business, but I know that there are plenty of students with the right skill sets who would thrive in the industry. So I'm Absolutely. just kind of yeah. curious about your insight on that, too. Did you have a lot of non-business majors? And
0: Yeah, were- um, I'm trying to think. So I, I, I think the first step would be recording those, those lectures, right? And that at least opens the door to someone who might be interested, Right. Um, and then as far as just attracting people, um, I, I think just the education, I, I I know a lot of friends that, um, either studied biology or maybe physics or something. And was like, there's no way I can do this for the rest of my life and, and weren't really sure. And I know there's a lot of, um, insurance companies that sell to companies who, focus on biology and things like that so that would be a great transition Mm. um so that'd be really interesting if you maybe you could send out like a i don't know even a questionnaire or linkedin post or something like hey what what industries does your company focus on because they all Mm. focus on something yeah unless they're so big that they focus on everything yeah right right so that 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 could be cool but I I think just getting the, the videos out there. I mean if if you gave a student or like asked a student to record some of their internship. Like hey, like we'll give you a phone or whatever for the summer or like uh-huh. just out of good graces, can you record some of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Um
1: here's a GoPro, go ahead. Yeah, a GoPro or whatever. <laughs> I
0: I think that it's just it, it seems so simple, but the impact is just so big.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So if, if, if someone at Appalachian were to ask you um, what would be the most beneficial thing uh, for you to come back, if you were to come mm-hmm. back and sit and talk with students, <laughs> what would be the message that you would want to share with them after having been out now for just a year?
0: Oh, wow. Um, that's interesting I, I think I think what's really interesting about college and then graduating college and then moving on to the workforce is I guess the biggest thing I've learned how to do since graduating is really think about things critically um, and it's really difficult to teach somebody how to think critically about things um, so, like, when you're just looking at a process, is there a better way to do these things? Like, what if I didn't have any instruction, like, what would I do? Um, so I guess the best example of that is I needed to build um, a web application and I had no clue how. So I got on YouTube and I sat there every day for six hours and taught myself the code. And eventually I figured it out. Wow. And the first, the first while it was so painful because I was so bad at it. Uh-huh. And like, I'm the person that gets really mad when they lose. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and like, I had some really good friends that were really good at coding. And like, I'd miss up a couple characters or something uh-huh. and they'd be like, oh, you dummy, like just delete this and then you're fine. And then it'd work and I'd get so angry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd just encourage them to, to just think, you know, go explore a whole bunch of things. I think a lot of times when, when you pick a major, you feel like you're kinda of locked into that. Right. Um and that was really interesting for me being so ingrained in insurance and then taking a completely different direction. Right. right? right. Um so I would I would encourage them and give them just encourage them to go think about things. Yeah. Go try a whole bunch of different things. Yeah,
2: keep a broad perspective. Mm-hmm. Think about
1: translating yeah. what you've done and your interests. Um, yeah, you know, what we all make the mistake, many of us, even in education, parents, students, we make the mistake thinking it's point A to point B, mm-hmm. and it really is point A to B, C, and then E might be your final Yeah, a couple turnarounds. Yeah, or... very circuitous, I feel yeah. like, and um, I think we even need to educate about that, educate about that process as well. And, um, so we've been talking to employers about trying to highlight skill sets rather than if they do hire any and all majors, mm-hmm. then how can they build a connection based on somebody's skill sets and interests? Mm-hmm. And is there a tie to your company, you know, is, is there something else about your company that would, um, draw students in? So that's you know, part of my work too, is just trying to educate them on how they can better connect to Appalachian students.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. I've thought a lot about that. Um, because I guess the other piece of advice I would give students is figure out where you fit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like don't try to be, don't try to stick yourself in a role that you're not going to be good at. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think just for me personally, like I'm kind of like real energetic. I can't sit still for long. Like I got to be rolling bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and insurance is real conservative, right? And and kind of real like you got to make sure process. you do these pro- very process driven, mm-hmm. and just it just wasn't a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. And it I mean it was hard. Yeah. And like the peer pressure was kind of high because I had all these good friends that were doing all yeah. these crazy things, and yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing something different. Yeah. But just just being able to figure out like where your personality type is and your fit. values. Yeah, your values are just.
1: And sometimes I think you don't even know that. Yeah, you don't even know. Sometimes you figure that out by trial and error too. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's where experiences, internships and experiences come into play as well. And just talking with people.
0: Oh, you're so right.
1: And back to the point about the alumni and the triangle area, I try to tell students when I have their ear, you know, most people out there are really nice mm-hmm. and they'd be willing to give me 10 minutes to have a conversation about what they do or their path or recommendations and so I'd love to see us as a university build more connections yeah. that way as well. To educate Yeah,
2: I would love to get you connected with the Alumni Association because we've got so many great people here in the triangle and if we can pull them together and create this pool of information, you know, that provides education as mm-hmm. you indicated for for young Adults, both pre-graduation and post-graduation, I think it it would just be it would be an incredible benefit for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, send
1: one message, and I'm probably going to need to break away. Yeah. I don't know about your time, but you feel free to stay. But I've got that ten minute walk back to my car. Yeah. But I want to thank you for just taking time. I know this seems like sort of indirect and maybe not relevant, but I think we're all very interested and. there are only so few people working for Appalachian, but any any way we can stay connected, absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. would be helpful. So I'm gonna send this and then just scoot out and walk yeah. back to my car. So I'm gonna yeah. let you keep talking, yeah. but I wanted to say thank you for it. Yeah, that.
0: no, thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah. And anything I can help with, please let me know. And
1: you do the same. Yeah, yeah. I definitely will.
2: Absolutely. All right. That's, that's the key issue. It's it is you know a statement about the Appalachian family that we want to help. Yeah. In any. In every way possible. So I, you know, gained so much um, from the university. I want to continue to share that. And continue to support anybody and everybody I can. Thanks, Roger. I did these two yes. days
1: too. By the way, absolutely. We'll stay connected. Thanks. Well, Have a great day. Yeah. yeah. Thanks you too.
0: Hey there. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you again to David and Deanne for reaching out and spending some time with me. Uh, it was a great conversation. Again, this is a new podcast, so let me know what you think. Give it a like or a share or rate it, um, and shoot me a comment or an email. I can be reached at chris at glance.ai or on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, I'm all over the place. So, again, let me know your thoughts, and I really appreciate you listening. Thanks.